Well, that was something else. I know, right? Where'd that come from? So Philly Watts sent us a new intro. Philly Watts. Thank you, my boy. Absolutely. It was, it's fucking awesome. That's exactly what I wanted. Right? Now we, we got a nice cool intro music for this podcast. Oh my God. And we have studio space next month. We're going legit. This is awesome. Progress. Oh, by the way, we have studio space next month. We're Progress. actually really excited about it. I know. It's um, it's going to be great. We're going to get out of this little crammed area that we have here and have a little breathing room, right? Well, so what we did was we started this podcast out in my bedroom, and now we have moved on up into my living room. And next month, we are moving into our own studio space where we can record um, audio and video and we'll be working on that starting the new studio yes that's exciting it's great good things all around i can't wait um yeah so other than that exciting new news and our new intro what else is new with you heidi not a goddamn thing (laughs) really are you sure Mm -hmm. how's your uh didn't you get like a new job or something recently i did i did i um how's that going so the last episode i talked about leaving my the toxic work environment that I've been in for shit five years, almost uh, six years. Really? Yeah. I was there for almost six years. And, um, the company was great as far as a learning opportunity, but it wasn't getting me anywhere. Like I plateaued, like what was I going to do then? And, um, progress was stifled and yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just toxic. Um, I learned a lot there though. And now I'm, um, and then I, I mentioned I had those two great options to move to different companies and, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I made a choice and now I feel really good about it. Uh, so I, I started there last week and it's been pretty good so far. Cool. Um, so you're happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, I was going to say that I have, I've had to turn down a lot of, I I applied for several positions and I've had to tell them all, no, I'm not going to go for an interview, things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, one person did tell me, oh, I wish I could clone you. And that felt really nice. (laughs) Yeah. It would be nice if we all could clone ourselves. We'd get so much more work done. I think you'd just sleep more. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) Like, no, I'd be sleeping while my clone would be getting shit done. And no, I think you'd both be sleeping. <laughs> you think my clone like spooning each other? We just spoon each other. <laughs> yeah, brushing each other's hair. Uh, What's new with you? Um, well, things have been cool at my job. Just um, you know, I think I did put out a video recently. Did I talk about that the last episode? Because I think so. That was the uh, lyric video, right? No, no, no. I put out the playthrough video last, last one. Time. Yeah, which oh. had us actually playing one of my songs. And just recently this week, um, I put out a lyric video. Um, yeah, it, that was pretty rad. It's got, you know, visuals and it's got um, the lyrics to my one of my songs from my band DTI. What's the name of the song? Uh, the song is called Focus. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's um, it's like L.A. Kind of, what do you mean by that? Um, because I think literally the city of L.A. is in the background of the video. Yeah, a few parts. I definitely used L.A. Um, as the city. Uh, hey, why not? We live here, right? And it's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. That it is. <laughs> I had to edit out all that smog, though. False. 
<laughs> no, that's true. It is in there. Um, but yeah, let's see. I put out the video. Um, I think that's about it. I was working hard on that. And other than that, you know, just been trying to live life and enjoy myself. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it can be, but yeah, not pretty. always. All uh, right. So back to business. Yeah. So what's this week on the menu? This week we are going classic again. Um, it's a supernatural horror movie and you've only seen the remake. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, so we're talking about House, House on, on Haunted, Haunted Hill. Hill from 1959. Right. Vincent Price classic. Right. See, and this is one that I think I told you before that I didn't even know it was a remake because I was not hip to the fact that this was an old movie from before. Um, right. Oh, and I don't remember the remake. Yeah. So I don't remember it much either. I do remember one particular scene because I had kind of, I, I use it as inspiration for lyrics to one of my songs um, back in the days, way back in the days. It was just like some hip hop song I was doing. But yeah, um, I'm interested to see this original one. Usually I like originals better than remakes. What was the song? Uh, it was a song that I had called State of Emergency. I don't think I've ever played it for you. But the lyric in there was, um, the, I remember in the remake that there was a scene where they took the main guy, who I'm assuming is probably the Vincent Price character, and the people in order to get back at him for whatever he did in the movie, um, they put him in some sort of like brainwashing machine where there was like images spinning around and then eventually they like brainwashed him or whatever. Right, because I think the remake was in the insane, insane, in insane asylum. asylum. Yeah, right. Yeah, as opposed to a house. Right. So uh, that's the, basically that's what I did. I used inspiration from that brainwashing scene um, in this lyric that I had. It was something about um, making somebody have to be, you know, I can't remember it entirely. It was a song that I wrote like 10 years ago. Like but. something along the lines of making um, making the guilty victims of their own crimes kind of thing. Yeah, sort of. Like essentially what it was is, and, and again, it was just inspiration because what I remember is they trapped him inside this machine and brainwashed him. I don't so, remember. Uh, well, what I, what I wrote about was something about like, um, I think I might have actually used the president as the the victim in the line. And I said something along the lines of, um, I'll strap you in a chair or put your feet in concrete and make you listen to system of a downs first album on repeat. <laughs> that's very specific. All yeah. right. So that's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying so, that's all I really remember from the remake. So I'm interested to see this original. Right. I remember like fragments, but then sometimes I think I'm actually remembering um, 13 Ghosts. What movie was 13 Ghosts? Um, I think it was um, it was a movie from probably around the same time frame as House on Haunted Hill, the remake. Um, but it was, I believe, uh, what's her name? Shannon Elizabeth. Is that her name? Yeah, that's um, the girl from American Pie. Yeah, I think she was in it. Oh, okay. 13 Ghosts. It sounds the one I, I remember a horror movie with 13 in the name that was something about like vampires or was it 30 Days of Night? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. 30 Days of Night is a vampire movie. Right, yeah. And then, right. So 13 Ghosts. I don't know if I've even seen that one either. Man, there's so many movies I haven't seen. I think it's something similar. Anyway, we'll add it to the list. Um, mm -hmm. So House on Haunted Hill 
Uh, this movie is directed by William Castle, and it stars Vincent Price, who is a fucking legend. He um, plays Friedrich Laurent. He uh-huh. is best known for the movie we just did, Abom- the Abominable, Abominable Dr. Fibes. Dr. Fibes, yes. Um, he did House of Wax, not the a Paris par- Hilton, which you probably didn't know was the remake. No, I mean, wait a minute. We saw House of Wax. Didn't we see House of Wax? Wrong girl. No. Um, he also oh d- wait waxworks that's what we watched waxworks, yeah Sorry. okay um, the fall of the house of usher which I don't remember what it was about exactly but I remember having to read that in in high school uh, the last man on earth the original the raven the original the fly and of course he was the inventor in the movie Edward Scissorhands. Oh, man, another one that technically I don't really remember seeing all the way through. I've got such a bad memory. Yeah. I think it's all the weed I've smoked. Maybe. There's probably some correlation there. Yeah. It's supposed to be short term, but I think it's maybe now taking over long term memory. (laughs) Maybe. So the premise of the movie is this. There is a millionaire who is offering um, five strangers Strangers to one another, but he knows who they are. He's offering them $10,000 a piece um, if they agree to be locked in a large, creepy um, mansion overnight with he, with him mm-hmm. and his wife. Yeah. And they can't get out and nobody can get in. And adjusted for inflation, that is equivalent of you being offered $86,931 today sure. to be... Trapped inside of a haunted house for a night hmm. with no escape. Wow. Okay. And so think about it this way and be a whole night without Wi-Fi or phone or <laughs> or porn, you know, like whatever <laughs> you usually do. I don't know what you do all night. Me. But they did have beer. So, oh. you know. Oh, the t- in the uh, in this movie you're talking about? In that time frame. <laughs> oh, in the they, wait, we're talking about the remake or the so, original? No, we're talking about the original. Nineteen fifty nine. They right, had right. beer. Yeah, they didn't have cell phones and data oh, right, and Wi Fi. Right, absolutely. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like that would be interesting. That would be an interesting thing to do. All right. Yeah, maybe it makes the time go by slower, and you can't distract yourself more. If you're in a situation where you're like, "Well, I just got to get through this so I can get paid," right? Yeah, I just put on Netflix. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and and I think, so part of my memory is being jogged about the remake where, uh, first of all, I think it was like a hundred, was it a hundred grand? I don't know. It was a large amount of money. It might've been even a million dollars or maybe mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but there was also one chick's character, I believe, who was like trying to record and document it all. So the whole point is they're mm-hmm. supposed to survive this haunted house or whatever. And so I think the remake is, um, the insane, insane asylum. asylum, right? Yeah. So the the idea, but of that it, has a whole other element of creep factor because insane asylums, which is not the politically correct term, but I just can't think of it right now. Um, those genuinely were full of human suffering. Right. So there must be a lot of if ghouls and ghosts are a thing, that roaming around. Those places would definitely be haunted. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. If that's really, yeah, exactly, because there's tons of lost souls still trying to figure out what the hell they're doing there, I guess, right? Right. I mean, I, I can only imagine. Can you imagine haunting the room where you were electroshocked? It's ridiculous, the shit people had. Yeah, it would be, I guess that would be a lot creepier. I don't remember, um, 
Never mind. I don't want to keep trying to remember the remake because from what I do remember, it really wasn't that great of a movie. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember too much of it. Um, <laughs> it had like Tay Diggs in it. I think was it really Tay Diggs? <laughs> Tyrese or one of them? I can't remember. But that I might think be it, racist. No, <laughs> I think his name began with a T. That's not racist. So it wasn't um, Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure because it wasn't this was it was in the '90s, right? And Mackay Pfeiffer was pretty big. He was in Higher Learning around that time, right? Yes, Higher Learning. If I remember correctly, was probably ninety. Five ish. This movie, I think, was probably around 99, 2000 or something like that, if mm. I remember correctly. Then it might have been Therese, Tyrese because he had that whole Coca Cola commercial mm. and yeah. then his career kind of skyrocketed. I do think I remember the girl that was um, the Is wife. Catherine Zeta Jones in it? You know, I thought that she was, but then I think that the wife was actually played by. I forgot how you pronounce her name, but it's like Femke Jansen or something. Oh, she's fucking amazing. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She was like in the GoldenEye movie or one of the Bond movies, Tomorrow Never Die. I don't know, one of those. And she's been in a lot of other movies. Yeah, too. she's amazing. Yeah. She was also an X-Men. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So. Um, so um, you haven't seen it before. No, but you I have. love this movie. I fucking love this movie. Tell I me adore this movie. a little bit about what you remember from it. Well, okay. So. I've mentioned this before, but I used to watch. So I've mentioned this before. My children and I, when they were little, we used to have um, classic horror movie Fridays. Yeah, and then at some point they turned into monster movie Fridays. <laughs> you started them young. <laughs> I, of course. That, that's how you desensitize them. Desensitize them. Um, and we used to just watch them. And House on Haunted Hill used to be my son's favorite because the special effects are so different than they are now that he thought it was a comedy. And he, you know, he had like, he, he loved Vincent Price for a while. So, which is why, you know, we have a Vincent Price box set, but, um, it's definitely a movie that is near and dear to my heart for that reason, but also because it's just really well done. Um, there's, um, plot twists and there's just, again, these older movies, you have to rely on the emotion that, the characters are conveying based on their expressions, their mannerisms, their voice, the quivering in their voice. You feel it. Um, and, and you don't see like amazing special effects. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely, um, it's all in the acting in these movies. You know, that's what the greatest actors are able to do is take you and put you in their shoes basically. Right. A quick side note. Um, since we have moved to the living room from my bedroom, you're going to hear pitter-patter a little puppy dog feet and maybe them snoring and drinking water. So they're two enormous English bulldogs, so they snore a lot. Yeah. We have put them in the kitchen and blocked them off, so hopefully it's far enough away so where it doesn't pick up on the mics. Interestingly enough, Stefan, sound goes over baby gates. No, I, I know, but um, I'm, I might be able to fix it in post. All right, so I'm ready to watch it again. If you're ready to watch it, Let's just do it. Let's just jump right into it then, I guess. All right. I'll need more wine and we'll be right back. I'm Vincent Price. 
and you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. You ready, dear? No. Are you ready, dear? Yes, damn you. The ghosts are waiting, so won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hooray. Or you'll be late for your own funeral. And we're back. And we're back. Yes, we are. So tell me right now, off the top of your head, Vincent Price fan, yes or no? I liked it. Absolutely. All right. We can wrap it up now. We are done. Thanks, guys. End of the podcast. End of the show. Let's just go. Let's never speak to this again. No, let's just watch another Vincent Price movie, right? Oh, absolutely. You you know what I really did like about him is his like debonair kind of Rico Suave attitude or whatever he was doing. He was like, I'm going to talk to you and tell you certain things. And I just, I don't know. It was like. He is the epitome of of big dick energy. (laughs) Well, he's a pretty tall guy, so. He probably has a massive, enormous one. (laughs) But uh, he, he walks with such confidence. He carries himself in such a way where you, you, you think he's the bad guy and you want to not like him, but you just can't resist. Mm, Right. Yeah, his this tall, lanky frame of a man. Yeah, it's just, he's got some pretty broad shoulders, though. He wasn't too like lanky, lanky, like skinny, in my opinion. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not really good at judging men. I think he's also got kind of a big head. I, I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. He's but, got this intensity about him. Yeah, yeah. and in in this movie, I know we're going to get into it, but oh, the relationship that him and his wife had that was pretty amazing. It's uh, it's very familiar for me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I constantly tell my partner, "I fucking hate you." <laughs> Who's your partner? Oh wait, it's she. I can't remember. Which way are you going these days? The right way. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So, anyways. Um, so. We're, we'll start right at the top then. Let's start at the very beginning. Fräulein Maria says that's a very good place to start. Uh, oh, right. Sound of music sp- reference. I was about to say with a spoonful of sugar. Wrong movie, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew who you are talking about. I hate about. you so much. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. What, what are you going to do? House on Haunted Hill, 1959, directed by William Castle. Stars Vincent Price at free, as Friedrich Lauren, Carol Omart as Annabelle Lauren. That's his that's wife. That's his wife, yeah. Richard Long as Lance Schroeder, Schroeder, who is um who who plays like this Was he the pilot, pilot who yeah, was like pilot, a right? drunk? Um well, Alan like- Marshall as Dr. David Trent, who is a doctor who's supposedly there for the money, but he, um but uh, but Friedrich, you know, the Vincent Price character isn't too sure about that. Right. And in that in when he's opening and describing each person and why they're there, he gives a little nod to like, hmm, look this at this guy. What's up with this fucker? Yeah, Carolyn Craig as Nora Manning. And she's, you know, the, the main woman that we're going to follow throughout the movie. That's the brunette run, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. So. Um, she's the younger of the two Elijah ladies. Cook is Watson Pritchard. And he has two last names as opposed to Tony Todd, who had two first names. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Julie Mitchum as Ruth Bridges. And she's like the other one who apparently has like some kind of gambling problem. And that's why she needs the money. She's the older. She's the the older woman. So again, as a reminder, $10,000 to survive this. Hell yeah. It's a lot of money uh, in that time. Right. But if somebody dies, well, we'll get into that. Now, this entire movie only has a cast of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine nine people. Nine. That is the five people at the party, Vincent Price character and the wife character, and Mm -hmm. two servants. Right. And it is filmed entirely at the real-life Enos Brown House here in Los Angeles. What did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) What? Enos Enos Brown? Enos Brown or Ennis Brown. I don't know. I'm going to call it Enos because it's just more fun that way. Is it spelled E-N-I-S? E-N-N-I-S. Oh, there's two N's in there. Sorry. It's tricky, right? (laughs) Enos Brown. (laughs) So it's actually in Los Feliz. And it is... um, it is like a national landmark now. It is. It was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright in 1923, who was this world-renowned architect. And the design was based on ancient Mayan temples. So as we see this house, as the movie progresses, you see these big, long, um, big, humongous, like, imagine the bricks that they used to make the pyramids, big slabs um, there's also right. like etchings yeah. in the walls, kind of, um, you know, like the Mayan designs. So uh, it's a gorgeous fucking house. Yeah. How far is Los Feliz? Let's go take a look at it. We should drive by there sometime. Okay. We can do that. It's not too far. It's maybe 10 miles away. So anywhere between 20 minutes to three hours, depending on traffic. Okay. Well, 20 minutes to three hours. Yeah. I forgot we live in LA, right? Right. So you know where it is? It's by, remember when we went to go see Audition, like the some midnight screening? Yeah. I think that was, um, it's like Silver Lake. Lake. Yeah. So it's, it's heading that way. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, I did, um, yeah, the house was pretty intense. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. You only see it from the outside like a few times, but it looks pretty cool from the outside. So the movie starts like this. There's darkness and a piercing scream followed by ominous howling and laughter. Doors are creaking open and wind chimes are heard in the distance. Uh Yep. And then it's like a talking head video. Then suddenly someone's floating head appears. (laughs) And that is the Watson Pritchett character. The guy with two. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he's a character that we come to find out has been at this house before and just barely survived so we don't know why the fuck he's back but he tells us this the ghosts are moving tonight restless and hungry and he tells us he's going to show us the only haunted house in the entire world seven people have died there he himself only just survived he nearly died right i think that he says in that intro part that he owns the house actually yeah he's i think yeah he's supposed to supposedly owns the house but and then like his brother died there or something like yep. that. Yep, and we'll find that out in like the first like in the first few minutes. Uh, then 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 his head disappears and then we get another floating head and it's Friedrich Lauren who is the magnificent Vincent That's motherfucking Price. Price. Yep, and he comes in and he introduces us to the premise of the deal and offers us the ten thousand dollars. Oh, he right. He's like talking to us yeah. as the audience. He introduces yeah. the characters as they're coming in. They're driving up this long, narrow road towards the house in what looks like 
each in their individual hearse. Mm-hmm. And they're coming up and you're getting their story. For example, Lance and his drinking problem. Yeah. Uh, Ruth Bridges, who who's a writer and she's trying to write an article on ghosts, supposedly. But in reality, she's there because she really needs the money because of her gambling addiction. Uh, Watson, again, after nearly died, he says he's back for the money. Uh, Dr. David Trent says he was in it for the money. Who the fuck knows the real story? He's supposedly doing some sort of research on hysteria and people who act hysterical or something okay. like that. And then Nora Manning, who is a clerk at one of yeah, Mr. She, Lawrence's. She works for yeah, him. Yeah, some, but not directly for him. Mm-hmm. So she right. got an invitation, the offer of the money. Apparently, her family just had some kind of major like accident or something. She's the only one in the entire family bringing in any money. So she definitely needs the money the most. Yeah, poor girl. Absolutely. Right. So then he tells us, you have until midnight. And that is because the premise is actually this. At midnight, you have to decide by midnight if you're going to go through with it, if you're going to stay in the house or you're going to leave. Because once 12 o'clock comes, you're locked in. Yeah, the doors will be locked. There's no escape. Nobody can go in. Nobody can go out. There's one entrance, and that entrance locks from the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? You're right, yeah. And so basically, um, we start to see the guests all arriving at the house because we meet them one by one, like you said, in the hearse. Right. Um, so they're and they've entered into the parlor. And mm-hmm. once, you know, they kind of it's the opening of a party. Oh, this movie, by the way, isn't all in black and white. Um, so they're like in the parlor and they they're just mingling. But then they notice that, well, there's cobwebs everywhere. And it looks kind of like the at the beginning of like so when so in Dracula when the Eternity goes into the into Dracula's castle it's like cobwebs everywhere like nobody ever fucking lives there um, so it's kind of like that and they all kind of are, are are talking amongst each other and no I've never met our host have you oh no I don't know I just randomly got this guest and then suddenly a door slams shut on its own. Right. And the chandelier starts swinging uncontrollably. And everybody's like, oh, my God, there's a creepy feeling. Somebody reaches for the doorknob and the chandelier falls, falls right. almost killing them. Right. Well, um, I think the pilot Schroeder, he's the one who notices it and he yeah, grabs that's Nora. Lance. Oh, yeah. Lance. Lance. Yeah. yeah. yeah Schroeder. Uh, Lance Schroeder. Yeah. Right. So, like, he grabs Nora, pulls her out of the way and saves her. From being injured or hurt or killed or whatever, um, and then she she's kind of like grateful because sort of like oh my hero. In a yeah, sense. they kind <laughs> of have like this um, really dependent on each other relationship throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So then we we notice once the chandelier crashes down that there's somebody looking down on the party from above, mm-hmm. from the second story, and that's Mr. Lauren. Mm-hmm. Vincent Price. He's kind of smirking, and. We see him go from checking out the party to going to his wife. And Right, yeah. So they have this weird relationship. Yeah, it's really they're morbid as fuck to each other. Awkward and I dig in it. A sense. But yeah, yeah they, like, they hate each other. She doesn't want to go to the party because it's full of strangers and mm-hmm. not her friends. This party was her idea. Was she her wanted idea. her friends. Right. He invited strangers. Right. And he says they share one thing. They all need the money. They decide to celebrate with champagne. He jokes about killing her with the cork. Yeah. I think and he shakes she the jo- bottle, doesn't he? And she 
jokes about possibly poisoning, poisoning the him. drink. Mm-hmm. So um, there you go. At some well, point, he says, of all my loves, you're the least agreeable. Yeah. So he, And she says, darling, the only ghoul in this house is you. Yeah. So so we find out, obviously, she's not his first wife. She's right. She's like wife four. Right. Yeah. Number four. And then they, she also or he says something like, you've poisoned me one other time before. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, we all have it. Or she says it to him or something. And he's like, oh, don't get me. Yeah, I know you poison something to the extent of I know that if you could get away with it, you'd try to kill me or something like that. They definitely have a weird relationship, but I like the dynamic. That's I like the off. banter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So back down at the party, um, Watson is being a weird little psycho and he um, grabs this knife, this butcher knife that yeah. he just had stashed, I guess, the last time he survived the house. Maybe Who it was stashed knows? or he just knew it was there. I mean, it was like a little secret. Or maybe uh, he's in on the whole thing from may- the start. Maybe. But he tells the rest of the party about how a brother and sister were killed and their heads were never found. Yeah, he was like the body parts were cut up and mutilated, but there were no heads. And yeah, that knife was like hiding inside some sort of box that he knew like right where it was to exactly go get it. it. Was. Yeah, yeah. When um, when Friedrich Lauren finally arrives to the party, Watson starts urging him to end the party because the ghosts are already hungry and all that jazz. Um, but, you know, of course, Lauren, um, Mr. Lauren says, whatever the fuck, let's just continue. Yeah, I like the older lady in that scene. She's like, so I guess we need a drink since we don't have a host or something. And then all of a sudden he appears and is like, all right, who wants a drink? <laughs> and she says the funniest thing. She goes, I'll have a scotch and... Like, was that how they said ice? Like, I'll have a scotch on the rocks. But she goes, I'll have a scotch and. And what? And ice? Scotch and, and scotch. Scotch. <laughs> I just never heard that before. I'll take a scotch squared. Like, I've heard seven scotch and seven, Scotch to the right? power of scotch. But scotch and? That's something new. I've never heard that. You should stop drinking that way. I'll have a beer and. <laughs> yeah. And a scotch and. A whiskey and some tequila and uh, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that was um, just funny. So then he, Vincent Price is there and he's like, all right, sure. Let's have some drinks and let's get to know each other or whatever. Right. But at this time they're trying, they're, uh, Watson starts questioning Mr. Lauren's motives and he's saying he's doing it for ghosts. But Watson says we need to leave because there are seven ghosts already here and more will come by the time the party is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watson leads them all on a tour, kind of like on the kill spots from the last last time he survived it. Right, yeah. And he starts to show him like this blood stain that's in the ceiling in one of the rooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that older lady, she's like underneath it. And he's like, oh, my God, don't stand there. And she's like, why? And then all of a sudden blood starts dripping from the what should from be. From the ceiling, what should be at least dry. dried blood. stain, yeah. And she's dripping all over her hand. So and he says she's something like marked to now. Him. Yeah, he's like, you're marked now or whatever. Um, and then they also, I believe, talk about some other like lady getting thrown into the wine vat. Right. So they make their, that, that was in one room. And then they make their way down to the cellar. Oh, right. In the cellar. So when they get to the cellar, um, Watson tells them about a man who murdered his wife by throwing her throwing her into a wine vat. Right, yeah. And the wine vat um, was apparently full of acid, not wine. And so what it is, is like there's this, like a trap, not a trap door, but like 
like a drawbridge kind of, but put down, you don't see the vat and you open, you pull it up and then that's where the vat is exposed. Yeah. Um, and when they do that, they notice that bones come up. And when Nora almost falls in, they realize that there's still acid in that vat. Right. Yeah. And it's, then it's wh- still active. Right. And so they're like, really? That's acid. And Watson looks around the room and just so happens to find a rat in like a rat trap. And it's a pretty big rat, too. And he like pulls it out, throws it into the, the acid. And next thing you know, you see just the bones, bones of the rat like That's floating right. around. So she doesn't fall in because Lance saves her. Mm-hmm. So Good now they're Lance. building this relationship of they are reliant on one another. Lance, okay, so then everybody goes back upstairs and Lance corners Nora to figure out how she was selected and um, to attend the party. And she, you know, she tells him, well, you know, I work for him, whatever. Right. But she also says like she's never actually met him. In right. That. Yeah. Like just... most of the people here. Um, they do start to wander off in the cellar. There's a door that everybody walked in through and left out of. Yeah. And but there's I... also like five other doors in that cellar. And so Nora and Lance start checking all the doors. Mm-hmm. I find it kind of funny that they were all like, well, let's go back upstairs. But then he Nobody stops. closed the vat. Well, true. But then Lance stops Nora from going up. And that's when they kind of like sit there for a second. Like, well, let's talk. But then when everybody else got upstairs, they weren't like, hey, where did those two go off? They probably to? thought they were necking. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um. So they finally try a door, a third one. And... Lance walks into it and it slams shut behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is the first thing a that sound we see seems that's... to fill the room. And suddenly there's this figure of an old lady floating across the cellar that appears and disappears. Yeah. And she scares the shit out of Nora. And Nora screams, screams. like she got this job because she can scream like a motherfucker. <laughs> For sure. She screams and she runs up to get the rest of the party and she rushes there Um and, and lets him know, Lance, da, 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 they all rush back downstairs to help him. And they then he's missing. So he's not in the cellar. He's behind that door still. They find him on the floor. And they suggest he must have bumped his head. Mm-hmm. Watson is over there looking like, I wonder why they didn't kill him. Yeah. And everybody else is like, he seems to have run into the wall. Yeah. They're just like, oh, well, you know, he just ran idiot. into the wall. Like, like as idiot. one does. Yeah. Um, so then after they this whole thing happens, they go back upstairs. That's right. What, right. And they're tending to Lance's wounds but and yeah. Nora starts to describe the ghost she saw. Yeah. And the doctor says she was suffering from hysteria. Right. Yeah. Because, again, he's trying to write this like, thing on hysteria. What? Right. Hysteria but hysteria was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like his back in the day, doctors used to treat women or diagnose women with hysteria when it was things like cystic fibrosis. Or fibromyalgia. Yeah. Or maybe they hate their husbands. (laughs) But everything was diagnosed as hysteria. In fact, some doctors, I remember reading that doctors used to treat many of their women patients that were diagnosed with hysteria by giving them orgasms. Really? Yes. seems like unethical practice right there. Yeah, but it also (laughs) seems like a pretty decent idea. Were the women in these situations like consensual? Right now, like if it was consensual, really, Doc? What's gonna fix my back problems? I don't need a bacchiotomy. I need an orgasm. Let's do it. Anyways, yeah, that's um, it's still a little creepy to me, but yeah, but we did weird shit back then. Of course, bloodletting used to be a thing. Well, th- although I, think, I kind of understand. I think they it. still do bloodletting now, don't they? 
some cultures, maybe not like modern medicine, but I'm, isn't that where they use like leeches or something to like? So what they would the do, out? there was a one practice of bloodletting that maybe I'll do a rabbit hole episode on entirely on bloodletting because I know a lot about it. But there was some where if you had a headache, they drill a hole in your head. Oh, okay, and then like kind of bleed out a little bit or whatever, right? Yeah, because I remember that I, I, I've heard. Something about people used to use leeches for like bruises and to like kind of get bad blood out of your body, something like that. Like, anyways, the, yeah, it's like dialysis. Yeah. So they are upstairs now at this point in the movie, and uh, Lance. It's like dialysis, but with leeches. <laughs> Lance and um, Nora. Nora, they go back downstairs because. They want to kind of investigate a little bit and see what the hell happened. Lance does not believe that he ran into the wall. He's like, fuck that. Somebody hit me. He says, I felt somebody here with me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they go back to the room and they find that there's a false wall Mm -hmm. or a hollow wall. Yeah. And they go around to the next door and they find the, the room that's adjacent also has that one. They share that hollow wall. And Lance is on one side hitting the wall. Nora's on the side hitting the other wall. And then she turns and there's the fucking ghost again. Right. I know. Scares the crap out of her. She screams. The ghost floats away. Yeah. Just floats like she's on one of those uh, new school like hoverboards. Right. But in reality, (laughs) like it's a cart. (laughs) And this is these are the amazing special effects that allowed my son to think that it was a comedy. Right. Um, Yeah. So she, again, screams hysterically. (laughs) And... um, then uh, she tries to tell Lance, she, but he, he didn't he, see it float away. Right, because and he's he doesn't like, believe her. So Nora runs away. She runs um, back up to where all the bedrooms are, and she runs into Annabelle Lauren, who invites her into Nora's own suite so she can freshen up. And she tries to determine why Nora is okay. So wait, Annabelle is Friedrich's wife, Friedrich Lauren's wife. Mm-hmm. She is beautiful. Yeah, she's. I think she's a good-looking lady for... Um, but she's also very, like, guarded. She doesn't share too much. She's got a bitchy attitude in a sense, but it's kind of cool. And right, she's, so she's trying to figure out why Nora was there and mm-hmm. why she was chosen and why she was wandering around on her own. And she warns her against the house. She tells her, you know... Just be careful around here. Yeah, I think she literally says you should never wander off alone because you're in danger All or all of them are in danger. Well, she also warns her about the host. She said, I wouldn't joke about. Um, and then, you know, she assumes Nora assumes that she's joking because that's her husband. She goes, I wouldn't joke about anything that happens here tonight. And then she says, if you need help, if I need help, no, wait, if I need help. Can I count on you? But I think she says that to Lance. She does say it to actually, I think both of them. But she does say to Nora, if you if um, if she needs help, will you help me? Yeah. Or something like that. And um, and, you know, that happens. And she leaves. She leaves uh, Nora's, Nora's room, room and then right. she runs into Lance. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then she tells him the same thing. But she's saying it to him in his room, you know, and that's like a big no no yeah and and nora and lance when they were down there still talking about what she had saw he said to her in a way like well how come i didn't see the thing float by and then she nora takes it as like well you don't believe or something like that. that's why you didn't see it so nora and lance apparently have an adjoining have adjoining rooms 
which is very convenient. <laughs> yeah. Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, Annabelle tells him the same thing. And then he, she even insists on saying that her husband is planning to something sinister. And that's where we find out that she is his fourth wife. Yeah. The first she- wife disappeared. The other two died of supposedly heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Really? Two women in their 20s had heart attacks. So she urges Lance to be careful and confirms that he um, and confirms that he would kill her if he could. Um, Meaning her husband. husband. She leaves Lance's room and and she sees her husband's shadow in the distance. uh She gets scares and runs back to her own room. Yeah. She tries to like pretend like she's been brushing her hair and she's just chilling there getting ready. He comes in the room. And they exchange more banter. Yeah. He's... um, he they have again yeah great banter where but then there's at one point he creepily looks into the camera and leaves but right before that he also grabs her by the back of the head and pulls her hair and says something like uh you'd be a lovely widow or something like that and she goes damn you yeah well because he's saying he's saying yeah you're gonna be all right when you kill me asshole you're like i'm on to you i'm on to you um, so then So she, he turns to the camera and leaves. Okay. Yeah. And then it switches to the parlor again where everybody's gathering for the midnight ceremony. Mm-hmm. And this is when everybody has to decide whether they're gonna stay or go. Right. Because shit's about to go down. Mm-hmm. Um so right before then, um Nora is getting herself ready to head down and she's and she's like getting herself together and she opens one of her suitcases and there's a goddamn head. Right, and it's like a nasty looking head too. It well, looks like it would have like... been there when Watson was there. Maybe that's one of the missing heads. Right, but she, right. of course, Actually. screams and runs out. Yeah, I thought who when I because I, when I saw that I was like the head looks weird. Like it's, in other words, the beard or what the mustache of it or whatever it looks like has been grown out so it must have been there for a while you know like sometimes after you kill something the hair and the nails still keep growing they don't keep growing is that the skin starts to recede okay well either way it looked kind of grizzly it almost looked like it had like some sort of um, werewolf itis or something but (laughs) infection or inflammation of the werewolf (laughs) all right so she screams and runs out and then as she's running she noticed that Behind a curtain that looks like there should be a wall is actually a hidden staircase. Yeah, so she's investigating and the she's curtain. she's investigating that. And she's doing that. And then someone grabs out her. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere and says, come with us. Yeah. Come he, with us before he kills you. But she screams and runs uh, away. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in that situation. I would have fucking right. robbed my God my way out of that bitch. Right. He just, his hand came out from behind her head, grabs her by the mouth, pulls her in. I mean at that moment it doesn't matter what you say but somebody's gonna be excuse me somebody's definitely gonna be like hold up who the fuck are you so she doesn't even think twice and just starts running off screaming back at the parlor nora rushes in and says she wants out Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to stay she doesn't even care about the money anymore she's like fuck it i want out Mm -mm. of this bitch and so she's telling them what she sees and why she wants to go and then who do we see the fucking caretakers Mm -hmm. we see the caretakers and guess what the one that was a ghost that she saw downstairs was actually the maid yep, who's who is blind. blind. Yep. So shut up. And then the guy that had grabbed her, that was the other caretaker. Yeah. And I think their husband and wife or something. And yeah. And they were trying to save her this whole time, but she doesn't say anything. At this time, Annabelle also makes her grand entrance in a fucking 
fabulous dress. Yeah, yeah. I think you have a dress that looks very similar to that, no? Yeah, I do. I'm going to have to add that sash. You just need that sash, right? Yeah, yeah. I need that sash and I need somewhere to go. Uh, but it's a gorgeous fucking dress. And then Nora tells Lance that Lauren wants to kill her. Um, and, you know, she kind of pulled him aside and said that. Uh, but then he reminds, so but then Friedrich reminds the party of the rules. And we'll go over them one more time. Staying all night, $10,000 a piece. If any of you don't survive, $50,000 will be divided amongst the rest of you. If I should die, you will be paid by my estate. Mm -hmm. He looked, yeah. Nora insists on leaving and the wind blows and it sounds like a scream. Um, the door is shut and the caretakers are gone. And they're like, what the fuck happened? They're on lockdown. No one can leave. No one in. No one out. Yeah. It's like a big steel door, too. You're not getting out of that shit. Um, so, yeah. Now the party's on. It's time to fucking. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so they bust out the party favors and not the party favors you're thinking about. God. They're thinking about these. These are coffins. And inside each coffin, there is a handgun. And to, to which Watson replies, these are no good against the dead, only the living. <laughs> well, maybe. They should, yeah, exactly. You got to take care of the, the living that's going to get in your way first. And so then that I you can forget who says it, but they said fear makes people do amazing things. It's basically on right now. I think that older lady also asked for... If it's on like Donkey Kong. The older lady also asked for another scotch and (laughs) in that time or somewhere right right before then or whatever. So at this point, Nora is pissed off and takes everyone to the head back in her room. She tells Watson, here's your fucking missing head. But when they get there, of course, it's No head. Yep. Um... It's not there. It's missing. No suitcase. No decapitated head. And the doctor offers her a sedative. Right. Because that's what doctors do best, you know. Let me just drug you. Yeah, let's just drug you. Then we could take care of what needs to be done. So it's more like, let me drug you, get you dependent on this, and then make a killing off of you. Then wean you off onto this other drug that's equally, if not more, dangerous. Well, that's definitely a, a little bit more modern medicine. I mean... Back then, sort of also, but there was just, you know, different times. So Annabelle leaves the room and everyone else wonders um, what to do about Nora um, in in the hallway. And Ruth is convinced to stay upstairs with her in her own room. So in case something happens to Nora, she can easily run over. Right. Um, The doctor asks Friedrich if he's sure that there are only seven people in the house. But and when he says yes, except for the ghost, the the, um, the doctor tells Friedrich not to scare Nora anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Watson also one point, I think it was Watson. One of them says, huh, there's funny that seven people were murdered here before. And there's technically seven of us. There's five guests plus uh, mm-hmm. the two, you know, host and hostess, whatever, Vincent Price and his wife. And. He just finds it very like um serendipitous. Yeah, he's like, well, okay, well, same amount of people. Now we're in the same situation. So back in uh, his room, Lance decides to check on Nora since they have the adjoining uh, door, but she's missing. The closet door creaks open, and there's a fucking head hanging in there. So he grabs the head and searches for Nora. 
He reaches the parlor and Watson says that they've taken her. He tells Lance she's gone and there's nothing Lance can do about it. Okay. Then there's a scream and Lance rushes up the stairs and see that someone has hung themselves on the, above the stairs. Right. You come to find out it's Annabelle, not Nora. I know. And or I mean, like she's she's dead already. What? That's I mean, it kind of blew my mind. I didn't expect her to die yet. Well, she hung herself, so she killed herself. Mm-hmm. Right. So Lance paces the hallway and he, and he, you know, the doctor and somebody else takes her and Watson, I believe, take her into her room um, dead. Right. Lance is pacing the hallway and he seems to see the curtain move. He makes his way there, and before he gets there, Nora pulls him into her room. She says that Friedrich Lauren tried to kill her, but it was dark. It was dark. Oh, she says, and I quote, it was dark, but it must have been him. So she's just making assumptions at this point in yes. time. Lance starts searching. And then the doctor and Lance both agree that this whole situation is fishy. Why did Annabelle hang herself? What the fuck's going on? So... They decide to keep an eye out. Nora decides to stay in her room since someone thinks already that she's dead. So this is the safest she'll be, right? If people already think she's dead. Lance tries to reassure her. He leaves her his gun. And then Friedrich Lauren is seen observing Lance walk out of the room. He's a fucking creeper. Okay. Back in the room where Annabelle's body is, um, Friedrich visits her. And is surprised that Watson's there. Apparently he's been he's in there because if the body isn't watched, the ghost will take her away. Uh, Friedrich kicks him out. Yeah, he's like, I'm not really buying that. I mean, this whole time you have to think like, is does he believe in this haunting or not? Because he's part of it, but he's part of it because it was technically his wife's idea, right? So we don't really know if like he's just kind of playing along or if he's a, you know, a puppet master in this whole scenario or if does he truly be because he does he does seem skeptic the whole time, no? Absolutely. Yeah, and so like he's just probably looking at Watson. Obviously Watson is not skeptic. He's the exact opposite. He's like I've been through this before. I'm telling you it's fucking real. Back at the parlor, everybody realizes that you can't get out. You can't fucking get out and somebody's dead. Mhm. The doctor runs down um, the accidents that, quote, accidents that have happened. Right. Six hours are left. Right. And when you say accidents, just to reiterate, you're talking about, like, the chandelier falling and the almost floating person. In the vat. And the vat. Yeah. All the things that have supposedly and almost. Somebody actually yeah. dying. Right. Lauren. Um, so Friedrich asks if there's anything fishy if, about his wife's death. He doesn't think his wife killed herself. She was murdered by one of you, he says, accusing the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. And somebody says to him, the doctor says to him, or you, Mr. Lauren, you're the only one with the motive for murder. Yeah. And to which he responds, what husband hasn't at some time wanted to kill his wife? What husband hasn't had 1000 opportunities to do it in such a way that he would never be suspected? <laughs> right. Hey, true love, right? They say sometimes <laughs> if you haven't thought about killing your um, so, uh, your significant other, then <laughs> you're not really in love, right? I must be so in love. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> what we have to do for the next six hours is protect ourselves from each other. So everybody goes and retreats to their own rooms. 
um, armed with their own guns. With the theory that if anybody is outside of their own room, they're the they're killer. They're the guilty one, right. Because what the fuck are they doing right. not protecting themselves, right? Exactly. Or why aren't they scared about protecting themselves? But don't you think that also, like, banding together and, like, watching each other's back, like, would also be a good tactic to at least survive? Like, even if you're not in it for the money, but, like, just to survive, right? Because separating is never a good idea in any uh, situation when there's some sort of danger involved. Well, right. Because now weird shit starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Back in the doctor's room, the doorknob starts to rattle. The doctor goes to the door, but nobody's fucking there. So he locks it back up. In Ruth's room, she places a gun on the table. And as she's doing so, the blood spots fall on her arm again. Uh, she looks up and marked. it's the blood pool on the ceiling. In Lance's room, he is using the shared room to get back in the, the adjacent wall uh, door to get back to Nora. He tells her that he's going to find a way to get the police. He goes through the curtains and finds a false wall leading to a secret passageway. Mm-hmm. Back in Nora's room, her lights go out and a rope makes his way th- creeping and crawling like a snake through the open window and in through her feet. She looks out of the window and Annabelle is there looking back at her. And just as quickly as it came, the rope left. Right. And she must be thinking, like, wait a minute, you're fucking dead. What are you doing back again? Like, Well, she idiotically runs out of her room and right into the body of Annabelle. The dead body. dead body. Mm -hmm. An arm tries to get her and she runs downstairs in search of Lance. In the parlor, she finds that it's empty, but the piano starts playing on its own. Nora runs out screaming. Like at this point, she's screaming left and right. Um, So... We get to hear she her sure wonderful vocal. Yeah, we get to hear her wonderful vocal cords again and again. Do you think that she was also the lady that screamed? Not that she was the lady who was screaming, but do you think just for sake of recording a cool scream that they had her in the opening of the movie? I don't know. I thought that the what is it? The Wilhelm scream was older than 1959. Oh, was that the Wilhelm scream? No, no. I think this is just she was a really good screamer. You're talking about that one like scream that yeah. sounds like that you hear all the time or something, right? Yeah. Wilhelm. Wilhelm. I want to suck your blood, Wilhelm. So. (laughs) I'm sorry. Now we catch up to Friedrich Lauren and he's opening his door and he sees a doctor coming down the hall to his door. He pulls the gun on him. He asks if he's heard, um, the The doctor asks. The organ or whatever it was. And they're going to go down to investigate, but not together. They take separate hallways, but really, the doctor decides to check on Annabelle's body. Yeah, and again, separating is never really a good idea. So we see the doctor say, it's almost over, darling. She was fucking faking it. What? They say, darling? Like, wait a minute. Exactly. Everything is falling into place. He goes, we've done it. The perfect crime. And they're waiting. Okay, so... She, like, they're all staging this. Everything is staging it. And she has a harness where her body was hung. Remember, the doctor is the one that took her down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what happens is they're freaking Nora the fuck out and leaving her with a gun because they want her to go nuts and kill Frank uh, Friedrich. Right. 
get rid of him and then they're not the suspects and then guess what she gets his estate that's right because Nora is hysterical mm-hmm. as the doctor already said right it's it's all so, set up but Annabelle's having doubts about their plan but then they kiss so I guess she doesn't have doubts anymore yeah usually a kiss fixes everything no <laughs> Looking at me like, Every kiss uh, begins with K. <laughs> Kill way, also begins with K. By the way, engagement rings were all just a fucking racket for the uh, De Beers Corporation so that they could sell diamonds. Diamonds really are worthless. I mean, they only have the value that you put on them, but the second you buy it, it loses its value. Just like a car, you mean? It's like take that one off the lot and it's already losing value like if i were to have an engagement ring it would not be a fucking diamond okay what would it be um like an onyx stone because <laughs> you could slam da, 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 i mean da. let the boys be boys <laughs> uh yeah it's oh, another one what <laughs> were you gonna do your like uh what was sticky fingers impression which one was that now sticky fingers or sound Fred Rose stuff? <laughs> all right down in the cellar nora is searching for something with her gun raised the lights go out and friedrich makes his way into the cellar like he's you remember he's looking to see what the sound of the organ was mm-hmm. yeah and of course, what's going to happen next was she's going to fucking shoot him. She fucking shoots him. <laughs> and then she shoots him, but then she screams and runs out. Yeah, because she's just fucking hysterical. And we see David, the doctor, was hiding in the corner and he comes out of the shadows. And he raises the vat of acid, uh, the, the doors of the vat of acid, and he is going to throw Friedrich in there. Yeah, get rid of everything but the Oh, bones. snap. Oh, snap. But it's taking so long that Annabelle goes searching for the doctor in the cellar herself, even though she's supposed to be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, when she walks into the cellar, the doors, the doors shut behind her, and she cannot go out. She's trapped. She's trapped. She's fucking stuck like a rat. She sees, she goes and looks at the vat of acid. Oh, it's funny you said a rat because she goes to the vat of acid and there's a skull in there. Yeah, it's the skeleton skeleton of the... And it's rising out from the vat. Mm -hmm. And you hear, at last you've got it all. (laughs) So she's like, oh shit, it's a skeleton of my husband. He's dead and now he's haunting me. Uh Uh-huh. She's terrified, and the skeleton advances on her. And it's really what it's doing. It's making her, it's guiding her into the vat of acid. And it was fucking Friedrich. He was controlling a skeleton marionette. (laughs) And she, like, had fallen in there, right? So he's like, good night, Annabelle. So fucking good. You have to do it in, like, good night, Annabelle. Like, he's His Rico Suave. mm, Exactly. Good night, Annabelle. I can't do it right, but I so know. So everybody comes Nora. running downstairs because <laughs> Nora goes, I shot Friedrich Lauren. Uh-huh. Everybody comes downstairs. They find him alive. And apparently, and he tells everybody, you think I was going to give you guns with live ammunition? They all are full of Fake. blanks. Yep. And Fake. he says, Fugazi. he says his wife and the doctor tried to kill him and he defended himself. And he says so eloquently and so suave and so beautifully, 
I'm ready for justice to decide if I'm innocent or guilty. (laughs) And that's when you're like, just fucking let him get away with it. Yeah, he's got that. Again, it's that real smooth, debonair attitude and talk towards it all. He's like, Mm -hmm. "Mm mm-hmm. So then Watson, standing over the bat, says, now there are nine. There will be more, many more, many, many more. They're coming for me now, and they'll come for you. And there's a fade out to ominous laughter. Mm -hmm. And now we have a Vincent Price cult. Right. So in summary, what's going on here basically is that the wife, Annabelle, and the doctor were setting this whole thing up to get rid of Vincent Price so that way they could live happily ever after, I guess, right? What a bunch of hoes. Yeah. But so the idea of Watson being in the house beforehand in a previous time. I wonder if Watson is part of Friedrich's, like little ruse because he needed somebody to kind of get Nora fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, um, or the doctor needed somebody to get Nora fucked up. Right. right. So he had to be on the take at some point. Right. So you're thinking that he hired him, even though it's like technically his house, but, um, he doesn't talk about there ever being hauntings before or him ever living in the house. I just know that in the opening scene, he mentioned something about that. He owns the house mm-hmm. and, yeah, like, so I wonder if they must have reached out. I don't know. How how in on it was, was he? That's a good question. Well, I don't know. But here's my theory. Okay. My theory is the doctor and uh, Annabelle were having an affair. So she knew something was up because he, her husband invited him as one of the secret guests. She knew something was up. She knew he knew. She knew it. Right. She's just all over that one. Right. And the other people are all kind of like scapegoats. They're just part of, you know, little X, Y, Z factors just to make it all kind of fall into place. All right. Like absolutely. The, like innocent bystanders in a way. Like if they live or die, who gives a shit? Because we're just trying to get Vincent Price killed, basically. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I really like the movie. I, again, I, it's hard for me to remember the remake, which I don't think I even should try to remember the remake at this point in time, uh, because this one was so much fucking better. Yep, absolutely. I know you loved it. You've seen it before. It's just, it, you know, you were just happy to watch it again with me this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I was so excited to see how excited you were for the movie. Like, and- yeah, it was just it was refreshing to to kind of get validation for my own feelings because of the amazingness of this movie and, and see it kind of reflected on you and, and your reactions mm-hmm. to it. And at the end you're like, fuck yes. Yes. Let's fucking do this. Yes. Yeah. But if it wasn't for Vincent Price, it I don't know if it would have had the same impact right, because it it's a lot like you believe the Frederick Lauren character. You believe that he is just such a fucking playboy right because he's yeah. the one with all these wives yeah and just you you feel that he's this guy who's but you know you don't see him as a bad guy you see him as he's doing it because they're trying to fuck with him right absolutely and in the you're end you're on he his basically... side no matter what whether he was a bad guy or not mm-hmm. and in the end he's the victim so who are we rooting for you know we're not are we rooting for him to die no we enjoy the way he interacts with mm-hmm. everybody and again those subtle nods to the camera mm-hmm. which sometimes again can be kind of campy it's like almost it like can be annoying like zach morris like hey exactly fresh uh fresh prince of bel-air well uh 
say by the bell, you know, but, um, it, I didn't feel that his nods to the camera were that, uh, boring. That's right. No, it just all was seamless magic. Yeah. So is there anything like in summary that you want to tell me about this? I mean, like your experience watching it again this time around, as opposed to before, well, this time around, I was able to see it more as a horror fan as opposed to nostalgia family time. And it was just fun. It was yeah. so much fun. And you were able to just let your heart expand and accept all of these truths. The truth is these two people do not belong together mm-hmm. and they realize it, but they're too greedy to let each other go in a civil way. Right. Um, you feel Nora's panic the entire time throughout. You feel Lance is genuinely a gentleman trying to help her. Absolutely. So it was, but it was good. It was so good. I absolutely love it. I'm so glad that we got to see it again. And I'm so glad for the next movie we're going to see. I mean, I'm just really excited. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I feel your enthusiasm oozing out of you like like pus like pus now i actually feel like they should not have remade this movie number we have a convert (laughs) well number one because it was a good movie and well done for its time and there were some parts that or some of the acting or some of the scenarios that maybe could be considered quote-unquote campy but the way they put it together it it came off great for the time. And only thing that I could tell you that like with the remakes, what they always try to do anyways, is just go a little bit more over the top. They go a little bit more with the gore. They go a little bit more with the special effects. Mm. They want to just like bring everybody into it. Like I said, I remember mm-hmm. some girl with a video camera in the remake. Like she was like, I'm going to record all this because I'm a movie star or whatever the fuck she was. Oh, I think I might remember that. She's like some reality star or something. Like yeah, that. exactly. And that's like, so it's like, that's when things like that were just starting to come off. So, gotcha. well, know. I mean, I, I'm sure we will watch it, the remake at some point, um, just to see it. Because I, I think, I think most of what I remember is 13 ghosts, but, um, so it would be nice to see, get that confirmation. Um, but I think at the end, like they climb up to a steeple of the asylum and yeah. they crawl out through a window. But there's like this black, black mist. Black mist, yeah. Which to me, again, is like the, the haunting or something. Ha- now, Whatever the entity is. Now, you just said something funny there. The haunting was also another movie that was, I believe, remade at that same time. Do you remember a movie called The Haunting? Was that also a Will- William Castle movie? Uh, I don't know. Because I'm just going back to the little bit of research I did before we watched this movie. There was the the production company that put together the remake of House on Haunted Hill is called Dark Castle, quote unquote, William Castle. And I think what they were trying to do was remake a bunch of William Castle movies. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, but that's something I, we could look into. I did also see Looks that. Looks like you're going through a rabbit hole episode of your own. <laughs> I did see that The Haunting was a movie that was also, I guess, released at the same time as the remake of House on Haunted Hill, which I don't know if that's a William Castle movie or not, but I do um, remember them saying that that was a better remake to go watch that one instead of this one or whatever. But anyways, all in all, mm. go see the original. That's what my take is. I um I definitely am looking forward to watching a few more Vincent Price movies because he's just like the James Bond of horror movies, basically. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> I concur. Yeah. I think 
I mean, he is just a master of his art. He is just brilliant. And um, he's just was just so dedicated to it. You know, he he was such a master of all that is this genre. Mm -hmm. And he did it so elegantly. Elegant and eloquent. Yes, (laughs) elegantly. He did it so amazingly. It's like, unfortunately, we don't have another one of him. We don't have him right now. Well, we are... We don't have a lot of many people who we've lost over the, you know, in all genres of whatever. I mean, like the same could be said for a lot of things. But, um, yeah, you're right. That's why we have to appreciate art because when it's put out properly and re- and um, whether it's recorded in a visual or audio form or whatever, art transcends time and exists beyond whatever that person who the artist was. You know what I mean? And so, like, even 100 years from now, there's probably going to be some other people that are going to stumble across these movies as long as we don't kill this earth off and go into the apocalypse or whatever. But Well, I mean. But in and even then, happening. maybe somebody will be in the apocalypse and find a VCR and a, an old crazy copy of House on Haunted Hill and watch it and then be <laughs> like, what? I think it's what? a documentary. It's like, this is how they die. They killed each other off for greed. And they won't be far off from the truth. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I did notice about this movie was it was fairly short. It wasn't very long. Um, well, many was, of the classic horror movies are relatively short. Yeah. Well, I only say that because other movies, like you mentioned, The Sound of Music in the beginning of this, uh, you know, referenced it anyways. That was like a fucking three, four that hour long two movie. VCR what? cassettes yeah. and an intermission. VHS cassettes. Yeah. What did I say? VCR. That's what you used to play it with. But oh, I know it's getting. Well. Well, you know, (laughs) but I'm just saying that there were at that time movies were long. And then this one really probably topped in over like an hour and like a half. You have to also remember that this is um, a very um, this is a this is a genre that wasn't as mainstream. Mm, Right. Right, right. right. But so 1959. Find, so, so let's. You, you had to find investors. Yeah. Well, let's put it in would, perspective. Who would want to give you this much for doing a movie that wasn't exactly a guaranteed return? Mm-hmm. So, 59, it was still. I, I could be wrong, but I mean, basically, um, Elvis was the 50s, right? The Beatles came around in like the late 50s, maybe early 60s. So, you know humans and their culture in the West right now was still just developing. So this was even in some ways before it's time, in my opinion, because back then, ahead of its time. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Ahead of its time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. Because like what I'm saying is like when Elvis came and did his thing, right. It sort of broke out. Appropriating culture. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Of, of course. Appropriating. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to defend that part of it. I'm not a huge Elvis fan. I'm just saying it did. It's when the uh, young youth, the revolution of the youth started happening when kids of that time zone were starting to like stand up and take, you know, be like, I'm going to do something because I like it or I don't I'm not just going to follow suit or whatever. And so that's what I'm saying is like everything, you know, that this movie that was about, it was kind of against the grain in some ways. I think it definitely defines both you and I. We definitely go against the grain, not always on purpose, but just happens to be where we land. And I do it. Yeah. This was a great movie. Thank you for introducing me to the original. You're welcome. You now owe me your firstborn. My first porn? 
That too. You don't want to see the first porn I ever watched. <laughs> I don't think I want to touch it. It's probably sticky. Well, no, I don't own it anymore. I think we pass it around amongst like 15 That's people. That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't think I want to have this conversation. Hey, it was the 80s and the early 90s. What are you going to do? VHS Wait. tapes. Uh, I don't want No. <laughs> no, I don't think I, I want to be part of that part of it. Like, I think we need to change the conversation right quick. Well, um, do you want to close out this episode? Are we done with it? Or? Yeah. So why don't we just tell everybody what will happen, um, what's happening coming. soon. Um, coming soon, uh, as soon as we get the interview in, we have um, a special guest for one, mm-hmm. of the, our, uh, one of our upcoming episodes. Okay. We will be um, interviewing Buddy Chambers, who has a movie coming out. He's a director. Uh, he is going to come and talk to us about his movie blood money right i know i said um, money trained before but it's blood money you mentioned that on the last podcast yes absolutely he's really excited to come in and he is going to do the alien episode with us alien so he gets to watch alien which i don't even remember watching once ever well alien is one of those it's like sci-fi horror in a sense where it's outer space it's aliens like sometimes you know when people think of horror they think of movie you know i mean Alien is a horror movie. And and mind you, you have to say alien with an N, not, not plural, right, because that's, that's part two. Right. But a great movie. Actually, and a one that I have also not seen in a long time, but well, wonderful I'm excited franchise. to watch it because I don't think I've ever seen it. I think I've seen maybe bits and pieces when it came on TV. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't think I've ever seen it because, oh. you know, it wasn't my thing. Like, I remember I had a teacher in fourth grade named Mr. Palos, and he showed introduced us all to star wars <laughs> and it wasn't my thing at that time and so i'm like i don't want anything to do with sci-fi so i didn't like gravitate towards sci-fi although mr Paulos ended up being like one of my all-time favorite teachers and um you know there's a whole different thing there but i i like purposely avoided sci-fi for a long time wait till i introduce you to dune I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's an awesome movie by David Lynch. Oh, I dig him. Yeah. Eraserhead, well, Twin Peaks, David yeah. Lynch. Well, yes. this is like David Lynch's take on what Star Wars could have been, maybe. Wait, isn't <laughs> Dune what's based off of Mormonism? What? Mormonism? What, where did oh, you hear that Oh, that's that Battlestar Galactica. Maybe Battlestar Galactica. I, I, Dune is a whole other fucking... It's an entity in its own. Some people... don't like it some people understand it but it's out there and it's it's not as user-friendly as star wars was but if uh you're into david lynch movies and you haven't seen dune then you're missing out yeah apparently well can we do that after i finish reading dr sleep (laughs) i'm reading dr sleep which is like a sequel to the shining Mm -hmm. and it's pretty fucking awesome they're making a movie about that now. Yeah, aren't the movie's they? coming out, but that's why this book was on sale. Oh, but I haven't been able to put it down. Like I put it down, of course, to like sleep and go to work and stuff. But it's a fucking amazing book. I don't know about the okay. Movie. Well, um, yeah, we'll have to get into that as well too. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's all for us for this episode. Thanks so much for visiting us. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do it. Leave us a comment. Share your favorite horror movies. Let us know mm-hmm. what we did right, what we did wrong. Yeah. 
Um, and check out our site for a newsletter. We're going to have a video up there very soon uh, with a new intro because our first welcome episode is kind of embarrassing at this point. Um, so our site is icecreampodcast.com. Again, that's scream as in enter scream soundbite here. <laughs> You can email us at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram at I underscore scream underscore parlor. And then we're on Facebook and Twitter at ice cream podcast. Scream. <laughs> Just kidding. The funny thing is I don't need ice cream. <laughs> you don't need ice cream? <laughs> no. I mean, like I took my kid to Baskin Robbins today and she got like a double scoop, like one of this, one of that, and put some gummy bears on it and some marshmallows and all kinds of shit. And I'm like. And I literally told the lady, give me the smallest scoop of Rocky Road that you can possibly get. I don't think you should me. admit not liking ice cream on a, a podcast that's called Ice Cream Parlor. It's the wrong kind of scream. I know. Obviously, ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream parlor. <laughs> I like Rocky Road, but I don't can't have a lot of it. <laughs> Every time I hear Rocky Road, the only thing I think of is Rocky Road from... Isn't that from the Goonies? Maybe. All I can <laughs> think of is, I love Rocky Road. I know that's not the song. Put but another the... spoon in the... But? No, put another right. spoon that's in the... That's all for us. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming. <laughs> we'll, ta- we'll see you soon. Over and out. Okay, bye. <laughs>